We uh, very much been picking up this theme over these weeks of being led by the Spirit and um, just love what God's doing. Sometimes he, he comes in the, the wind and the fire, doesn't he? And sometimes he comes in that gentle whisper and just recognize that the, God comes in all sorts of ways. He's speaking to us. He's leading us. God willing, uh, Ashley's going to pick up, with, I think, next week in the whole thing of praying in the Spirit. How to, you know, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit on all occasions? That's what we're encouraged to do. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, so we're going to be looking at that. But I, I just particularly have had this word discernment on my mind for a little while. Discernment. Um, and I've been batting it around and thinking about it. There is the gift of discernment, which we'll come to uh, in just a moment, or the distinguishing of spirits. But there's a general principle of, of discernment that I believe as Christians, as believers, that we're called to have. Um, I was helped by some original thoughts by a, a father in our family, our wider family of churches, a man called John Groves. I read an article that he wrote some months ago, and it, it just got me, got me thinking. So I just want to honor some of his original thoughts in that. But discernment really is, is working out right from wrong. Or particularly, I think, for us as believers, what is of God, what is not of God. And, and having that gift of discernment is, is part of that. The reality is we live in a day of information overload, don't we? I mean, we are just being bombarded constantly. Now, that can be helpful, uh, lots of advice and information, but there's so much advice and so much information uh, what do you listen to? What do you not listen to? Big questions about what is truth. People start to declare truth. There are big quizzes, uh, big, big uh, questions over that. We even have a phrase now that has entered our vocabulary, fake news. So not only have we got the news and information, we've now got fake news and information, some of which is for fun and some of which is malicious. And how do you discern? How do you work out we're being bombarded all the time? And that's true as much in the Christian world as it is anywhere else. There are books being published all the time. You can get them. There's the whole world of Christian social media. There's the regular social media. And then there's the Christian social media. Facebook and Twitter and Messenger, Instagram, podcasts, blogs. I mean, there are many, many, many uh, flows and streams of, of information and Christian teaching. If you add in then YouTube and God TV, you can even, you don't even physically need to go to a, a, a mega church, a big church now, or a big conference. You can just have it streamed live wherever you are sitting. The result is the whole thing is potentially overwhelming. Many voices. And of course, that's also set into a wider context in the world in which we live. A world which is becoming, in many ways, more and more anti-Christian, even atheistic, aggressively atheistic at times. There are a steady stream of articles in the, in the media, documentaries, current affairs programs, sitcoms, even comedy shows that are actually orientated towards undermining the Christian faith, actively promoting a, an unbiblical, an unbible way, if you like, of living and thinking. 
We're being bombarded by it all the time. And as part of that, of course, particularly in the West, where we are living today, there is the worship of tolerance. So much so that for many people, particularly I think for those under 40, they're finding themselves increasingly in a difficult place if they want to make what seems to be a judgmental comment on, on, on belief or value or lifestyle for fear of being seen to be intolerant. So we're living in a challenging, challenging day. And into that, a final complication, a very significant complication, comes actually from the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, because it's the spiritual realm. Our struggle, he says, Ephesians 6 verse 12, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. How do we discern good from evil? How do we discern what is of God, what is not of God? How do we discern what is of human, just human flesh, human thinking, what is uh, demonic, what is God? We have an enemy who is constantly trying to stand against, fighting against the advance of God's kingdom. Constantly trying to deceive us. Now Jesus has triumphed. Jesus has won. The tomb is empty. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So that's good news. But there is one who is called the deceiver um, of the brethren. But he's also the deceiver of the Methodists and the, and the C of E as well. Okay? He's a deceiver. He's called. That's his name. And the challenge for us is that deception by its very nature, is hard to discern. Deception, by its very nature, is hard to discern. So before I go any further, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are life. You are truth. You are the way. Lord, we just pray, even today, as we just look at this subject Would you come again and fill us with your Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, we pray. Would you lead us into truth? Spirit of life, would you bring life to us? Spirit of hope, of wisdom. We thank you, Lord, that you long to gift us and fill us and equip us that we might stand in this day and age, that we might stand for you, for your name, for your glory, Lord, that we might be led by you. We just pray as we share things together from your word right now, Lord, would you speak to us and lead us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, I'm sure that every committed Christian wants to avoid deception. It's not like we're walking around saying, oh, I hope I get deceived or I really don't care. I'm sure we do care. I'm sure that those of us who love the Lord Jesus and want to go on with him want to avoid deception. We want to know what God is saying. We have a desire to obey him. 
Those are some of the signs that we know we are followers of the Lord Jesus. Those are some of the signs that we can, we can look at, not to judge others, but how do we, how do we work out if someone is a, is a follower of the Lord Jesus? Well, they want to obey him. They want to hear his voice. They want to, they want to follow him. So it's vital in the midst of that that we learn to, dis, to discern, to distinguish good from bad. What is of God and what is not. Now to do that, I think we've got to get hold of some principles. These, if you've been a Christian for some time, these are things you already know, things you will be aware of, but we need to just keep getting hold of them and put them into ourselves and to help one another in these things. There are two keys that I would say stand head and shoulders in this. I think there are some other things that I will share as well. But for me, the two key things that I, I would say to us How do we discern? How do we distinguish? I would say this. Be full of the Spirit and be full of the Word. Be full of the Spirit and be full of the Word. If those two things are in place, I believe we won't go far wrong. Uh, There are other things I want to unpack in that. But if if you go away with nothing else today, I'd encourage you to pray, Lord, fill me with your Spirit and Lord, help me to be full of your words. And those two things, I believe, will hold us uh, in that, that right track. Let's read a couple of scriptures that are uh, important and helpful in this area. First one is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. They cannot understand them because they're only discerned through the Spirit. So we need the Spirit that we might know the heart of God, that we might recognize the voice of God. Why? Because it's only those who have the Spirit of God that will be able to recognize those things. But it's not just a magical download. It's not just somehow we're downloaded with something. It's something that we grow in. We grow into, we mature in. So here's Philippians, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. This is my prayer, says the Apostle Paul, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So there's growth, there's maturity, there's something to be walked into. There is more to be had so that you may be able to discern. And then the very well-known verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, to each one, The manifestation, the demonstration, the working of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. 
I think I want to say again, so I want to underline those, those two points, but to say again, why do we often talk about life and the work of the Holy Spirit? We need to be full of the Spirit of God. That's why one of the things as we talk about uh, reviving hope, restoring, uh, restoring in people's lives, one of the things that in this generation and in, in our time, that God has spoken into the church, into our church and into many, many churches across this nation and the nations of the world, is that we, we, for so long we left out the person and the work of the Spirit. And what we did was we left out the one who leads us into truth. We left out the one who empowers us and equips us and enables us. And that's why we need to come again. We've... we've to restore our understanding, to bring that correct understanding. We love the Word. We value the words, But actually to understand, it's the Holy Spirit who brings revelation of His Word. That's why we come and we say, Holy Spirit, won't you fill me so that there's no room for anything else? I've got all these voices coming, bombarding. There's good information. There's good help out there. But there's tons and tons and tons of it. I need to be full of the Spirit that I can discern. That I can work out right from wrong. Good from evil. That I can be pure and blameless. Because there are voices telling me, come down this road. Come down that road. Try this. Have a look at this. All the time. All the time. But actually, I'm discerning by the Spirit. So I need to be filled with the Spirit. So he's keen to remind the Corinthians that the person without the Spirit does not, they they can't comprehend, they can't accept, they can't grasp the things that come from the Spirit of God. In fact, they consider them to be foolishness. We're seeing that in our world today. We see it in the, the sitcoms and the comedy, but we see it in the deep and, and supposedly you know, scientific thinking in terms of documentaries and so on. But actually, you can get a sense at times that those Christians, they're a bit foolish, really. Those Christians, do they really believe that? You can't, you, you, what a bunch of nutters. But the Bible itself says that's how it's going to be. Because they don't have the Spirit of God. And we can feel like, oh yeah, we can feel a bit marginalized. He's like, is it it really okay to believe this? Is it really okay? And the enemy is so subtle, he'll try and rob us. He'll try and undermine us. But we have the Spirit of God. We have the mind of Christ. Paul says, you have the mind of Christ. We need, we need to stand in this day and recognize the Spirit is in us and we need to trust that Spirit and recognize that voice. So the Spirit of God transforms our thinking. And so he prays for the Philippians. He says, this is my prayer. And he says, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Can I remind you, God is love. God is love. So he says, my prayer is that your love may abound, that you would, you would grow in knowledge and depth of insight. I'm praying that you would know the Father. That's why we sing the songs that we do. It's because we want to declare truth about who he is. You're a good father. And as Warren says, suddenly revelation begins to come in my spirit. He's a good father. 
He's not going to maliciously beat me up. He's not going to control me and tie me down. He's a good father. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. I'm loved by the Father. Do you hear that? This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, that you would grow in your knowledge of Father, that you would know the Son, that you would be full with the Spirit, that you would grow in intimacy. If you haven't had a chance to listen to uh, the sermon that Al Cotton brought to us a, a couple of weeks ago, I'd encourage you to go online and listen to that. There was some, some real meat um, there was uh, meat and three veg there that morning. I, I was just conscious, some of you, uh, some of you I, I know, caught that. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that word. It was a real three-cost three meal there. One of the things he talked about was, was intimacy with God. Intimacy. That you might be able to discern. You see, as we know God, as we're full of the Spirit, we will be able to discern Now, 1 Corinthians 12 does tell us about this specific gift of discernment. I I just feel today, I'm not going to go into great detail on the gift of discernment. Uh, We may come back to that another day. But there is this this gift that that Paul talks about, the gift of the Spirit, of distinguishing of spirits, of recognizing what is going on in someone's life or in a situation. And it is a grace gift. It's a grace gift of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we don't earn it, we can't buy it. It's the grace of God, it's given to us. But it enables us to distinguish and to work out is something uh, of an evil spirit, and they are at work in the world. We, we read that. Is this something of God, or is this just fleshly activity, just human, human activity? And so there is a gift. And I believe that, that God wants us to have this gift because. He doesn't want his people to be led astray. He doesn't want his people to be confused. He doesn't want his people to be in doubt uh, and fear. The thing about the, the gift of distinguishing of spirits, discerning of spirits, I, my position is very much that I think it's closely linked with a number of the other, what are sometimes called revelatory gifts that are listed in that list, those things that God is, is revealing, so the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and of prophecy. I think these things are very closely related. But I, what I do want to say today is that it's important, I believe it's something we can ask God for. Father, help me to distinguish, to work out the difference, to to know what's going on here. And he wants to give that to us because he doesn't want us to be led astray. He doesn't want us to be confused. He doesn't want us um, to, to find ourselves going down uncertain roads. So we can ask him for his wisdom. Come back to that. I just want to say to us, let's not be afraid to ask him for his gifts. Don't be afraid to ask God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's for our building. It's for our strengthening. It's for our releasing and equipping, enabling. I also want to say this. I want to emphasize verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12. It's for the common good. It's for the common good. It's a gift to the church. Okay, We are a gift to one another. Do you know that? Some of you are not sure. We are, because Christ is in us, the Spirit of God is in us, and so this is something we need each other. 
It's for the common good. It will be exercised very often in a corporate context. It's not just tucked away in some secretive corner. Oh, that person over there, they've got a particular gift of, of, of discernment, of, of distinguishing what's going on. Now, this is for the common good that we all might know and recognize. I'm sure some of you have been in meetings or in situations where somebody comes in and says something or something is done, and you can just sense in the meeting, hmm, that doesn't feel quite right. just doesn't sit. Well, what is that? What is that? That's the Spirit of God. Spirit of God at work in the meeting. I believe it's actually true um, of all of the gifts, but especially true with the revelatory gifts, the word of knowledge, prophecy, and, and so on. I don't believe that those gifts are for lone rangers, as we sometimes call them. I'm always nervous if someone comes to me in the car park on their own and says, it's very, I have a word for you. It's like, whoa, hang on, I'm just going to get in the body with friends around me. And, you know, why, why, why does it need to be secret and tucked away? No, it's for the common good. It's for the building and the strengthening. That's why being part of a local church is so important. Being engaged, linked in, actively linked into the body of Christ I believe, is an important part of avoiding deception. You see, so often, it's when you get out on a limb. It's when you get out on your own, when you're isolated, that's when you're liable to deception. book of Proverbs says, there is wisdom with many counsellors. There's wisdom. Now, you might say, but, you know, if I have too many voices speaking to me, if I have too many people saying too many things... Um, that's going to confuse me. But you know my experience in the body of Christ is this. One person comes to me and they say, say something. I say, thank you for that, and I hear it. And then next week, someone else comes and they say a similar thing. And then someone else and someone else. There is wisdom with many counsellors, particularly those who are in Christ, those who are full of the Spirit. So we need one another. In fact, I would say if we're going to effectively discern what God is saying to us, then we need to be joined into the local church. Because it's, it's a place of accountability. It's a place of security. It's a place of honesty. It's a place of vulnerability. It's a place where I believe that we can have the mind of Christ together. The mind of Christ. I would say for myself personally, that a major way that God has helped me, shaped me, guided me, kept me on the right course over the years has been through meaningful relationships with godly men and women in the local church. And so uh, I just want to say, as we're saying, how, how can I discern? How do I know right from wrong? How do I know what God is saying? Be full of the Spirit, open to the gifts of the Spirit, but be bedded in to the local church desiring to hear more of God, being strengthened, strengthening one another. The body of Christ is a place of security, it's a place of accountability, and a place of music and worship also. That's all right. Everybody else rapidly checks their phones right now. Then I would also say, as I said at the beginning, be filled with the Word. Be filled with the words. Again, I say, I don't 
Phil, these are huge rocket science things this morning. Some of you will know these things well. But you know, sometimes we just need to hear them. We just need to hear them again. Colossians 3, verse 16. This is in the ESV uh, version. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and tunes on your phone, singing spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word dwell. Good old word that, isn't it? To dwell. To take some time. To live. To be at home. The word of God at home. The Bible is a work of the Holy Spirit. We know that. The Bible is inspired. If you can't trust anything else, I absolutely want to say from this pulpit, and I'll say it anywhere, you can trust the Bible. Okay? If you're not sure about anything else, you can be sure about this. Now, I know there are bits in it that are confusing. I've just recently read Revelation again. I have to tell you, I... You know, I have no idea what's going on half the time, but, <laughs> but I trust it's the Word of God. Yeah. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Do you know what righteousness is? God's right ways. If you're not sure, be full of the Word. Now, you won't find a specific answer for every specific question, but you will find the heart of God. You will find the Spirit of God in the Word. You think, I grew up in that generation like many of you did, you know, you're supposed to have your quiet time, and it just feels this legalistic, heavy thing that I'm supposed to do and feel guilty when I don't do it. We've got to get away from that. The reason we get into the Word is for life. Okay, if you, if you can't read it one day or you're too busy, the Lord knows. But it's about getting into it because it's the, place, it's the source of life. Fill me with your spirit so that as I read your word, I will get revelation and understanding. And actually, there are more specific things in there than sometimes we realize. I never realized that was in there. But just that phrase this week jumped out at me. Lord, if you're willing. But just those words of Jesus, I am willing. I've been living with it all week. Just, I am willing. Do you know, we have a Lord who says, I am willing. I am willing. Now, there are, there's a mystery in that. He doesn't always seem to do everything that we want him to do. In fact, quite often. But I am willing. So we need to hear that. I went completely off piece there. I have no idea where I am. <laughs> um, but that's okay. So I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what the right way is here. There's something here that's not quite right. It doesn't feel right. It just doesn't add up. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? That's a really, really good question. Many of us used to wear the band. Uh, was it WWJD, what would Jesus do? I want to say, what, what does the Bible say? I can see Mike working out the initials right now. I saw it. I actually saw him working out the initials. What? W-D-T-B-S. Doesn't work quite the same, does it? But what does the Bible say? It's a work of the Spirit, and so it produces spirit thinking. If I'm full of the Word, I'm going to, I'm going to produce spirit-filled thinking. When we open it, we dig into it, we're ex- we are exposed to a force that is not only just incredibly inspiring, but it's transforming. It's convicting. 
It's equipping. It's God's words. It's God's words. I am constantly challenged. I'm someone who who loves the news. I love news items. And and so I'm a big fan of Twitter and I I follow mainly news things, Christian news and, and, you know, obviously national news and so on. But often I'm thinking to myself, am I watching or reading Twitter more than I'm reading the Word of God? I just speak that to myself. But it's like, what is that priority for us? The gift of discernment feeds on sound teaching. It's the Word of God which gives us those objective standards by which we can measure the difference between right and wrong. The good and the best. God's will and our own ideas. So I absolutely and thoroughly commend to you the Word of God. See, whatever wisdom we might think we have, it quickly dissolves if it's not founded in the Word of God. One of my favorite verses that I often encourage people to consider and and just think about and meditate on is Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. Hebrews 5.14 says this. It says, those who are mature... I can't remember if I... Oh, yes, you did put it up. Um, Those who are mature are those who have made constant use of God's words. And by that constant use, by that soaking in the word, they have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You see, we can sometimes say, oh, there's not enough Bible study or there's not enough Bible being taught and, and so on. But Hebrews actually says... Train yourself. Train yourself by taking hold of the Word, by being in the Word, who by constant use of God's Word, soaking themselves in God's Word, have trained themselves to what? To distinguish good from evil. So you find yourself watching something or reading something, something somebody's saying, something even somebody's preaching or teaching... You're able to distinguish because the Word of God is in you. Does that line up with the Word of God? Discernment, of course, is closely linked to wisdom. When I say wisdom, I mean God's wisdom. It's vital in our day and age that we ask God for wisdom. So there's another point. Ask. And of course, James chapter 1, doesn't it, urges us to seek God for wisdom. The Father wants us, I want to say this again, the Father wants us to be wise. The Father wants us to be discerning. He loves it then, therefore, if we seek spiritual wisdom. It's why James urges us and he says, but when you ask, don't doubt. Why should we doubt? If God is good, if God wants us to be wise and discerning, why should we doubt? Don't doubt, he will give you wisdom. Don't doubt that he will give it. Jesus, of course, goes even a step, if you like, a step even further. Matthew chapter 7, the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. What does Jesus say? Whoever hears my words and puts them into practice, who obeys them, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is saying, whoever hears my words and puts them into practice. So, if you like, James is saying, saying, come to the Father and ask, 
Don't doubt, you will get wisdom. And then Jesus says, and by the way, put it into practice. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word also. And of course, just as we finish and as we close right now, our whole relationship with our Father is vital in discerning things wisely. You'll know, you'll know different versions. You'll have memorized it in different uh, translations, I'm sure. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom begins with a right relationship with the Father. If I'm walking with the Lord, if I'm walking with brothers and sisters, if I'm being filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word, that's the beginning of wisdom. Those who live and grow in knowledge of relationship with their Heavenly Father will not be easily deceived. I came across this verse, haven't heard it for years, and I thought that's a great verse. Daniel 11 verse 12 The people who know their God will stand firm and take action. Again, you may know it in a different translation, but I just leapt out at me again this week. The people who know their God will stand firm and take action. Many, many voices telling us what to do and where to go and how, how to be. Many challenges. So, full of the Spirit, Hungry and for and willing to exercise the gifts of the Spirit, not isolated, connected into the body of Christ, pursuing a relationship with the Father and feeding on His Word. I believe if that's our desire, if that's our walk, we will not be easily deceived. May God help us. Amen. Would you stand? Let's, let's pray. Lord, Lord, there are many, many voices out there, thousands and thousands of pieces of information being thrown at us from all directions every minute of the day. Many voices saying many things. Lord, as we think about that armour, The armor of God, as we put on that armor, at the end it says that we might stand, and after we've done everything, to stand. Lord, we want to be a a people who stand in our day and our generation. Like Daniel, who stand and take action. Lord, who speak truth, who lead others into truth. Lord, we, we just say again, come Holy Spirit. Come and flood us. Come and fill us with your presence and your power. Lord, that there might be no room for anything else. Come and fill us. Help us with your word. Lord, we recognize there is a spiritual battle that's going on. There are things that will so easily distract us from your words. To say this even in my own personal quiet times, I now I don't use electronic device to read the word because very device can distract me so I pick up a paper word just so that I'm not distracted 
We've got to be practical. Lord, help us. Help us to do the things that need to be done to be the people you've called us to be. Lord God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you are for us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? Even you who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Lord, we come to you. We come to you for help. We come to you for wisdom. We come to you for strength. We thank you that you're for us, that you want to meet our needs. You want to provide. You are the answer. You are the way. You are the truth. Lord, help us in these days, in our generation Help us to be those who discern the day and the age. Help us to be those who discern the season and the time. Help us, Lord, to be those who discern your hand at work and to follow it. Lord God, help us to be those who reject the hand of the enemy, the voice of the enemy. Lord, give us ears to hear what you're saying to us individually and to your church. And help us, give us feet to respond. Lord, pray for your protection. We pray, flood us with your wisdom, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.